woke up this morning and I, for some reason, had a conversation in my head that you and I had um, three years ago, probably. And the question we were talking about, and this is a really beautiful setting. We were in South Africa in the middle of the desert, and we were having a conversation about stuckness. And the question I think we articulated in the end was, what would make stuckness want to move? Which is a pretty philosophical question, if you like, but it doesn't have to be, but it was back then. Do you remember this? Mm, of course. And was it was that the question we articulated? Yeah, it was, yeah. Do you remember what the answer was? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I can't remember that. No. I don't think I, I mean, I would have loved to have a recording of that, uh, or maybe not, I'm not sure. But uh, I think the answer was something around um, ease and uh, curiosity and almost tempting stuckness to come out of its stuckness. So stuckness being stuck in its home and lightness or something, not pulling with the force, but rather tease stuckness to move mm. now okay so why is that relevant really and now why did that come today i think i think um i mean if we if we look at what we do the work we do all the time and i suppose the work we do with ourselves which is part of living the only uh constant in life is change and somebody said that in an event we ran last week so there's something about change, which is the opposite of stuckness, I think, that perhaps we want to revisit. And it's almost, when you think about it, it's almost, you could say, a summary of everything we have talked about up until today. You can, you can fit into this topic. Hmm. Yeah, what comes to mind is when, when we talk about change in a corporate setting or, or even the a horrible term, in my opinion, change management. I, I, I'd like to warn our listeners that that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, change man change management yeah, sounds to me a little bit like I'm in a very large corporate company and I'm in the senior leadership team or executive team or whatever. And I want to push through something that's going to save me lots of money. And but how do I get all these thousands of people to accept that? Then I have to have a change management approach. So this is forcing change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like what I uh, just before we come uh, come online, my my computer was doing a bit funny and my email wouldn't close. And then, you know, on the Apple computer, you can force quit. <laughs> I thought that's sort of what we do in large corporates. Uh, you know, if, if somebody doesn't want to. Yeah, you know, shut off. Well, then we just force quit. <laughs> yeah, that's a very, very good example. Yeah, but I think I think back to our conversation. I think I think what we ended up with back then is the idea that we don't use muscles to force anything. Um, so, how can you make movement attractive, or in this case, how can you make change attractive? So there, there is a a two movement rather than a from movement so you, you don't force something to leave you force something to move forward 
if that makes a change, yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah, or you don't force anything. Yeah, you don't force anything. That's even better. Uh, so you allow you allow things to unfold, mm. uh, which is different from forcing anything. I think uh, so. That requires perhaps patience. A little bit. I, I'm just thinking that doesn't work in a corporate setting at all. You know, if anything, corporates are not patient and they don't like to allow things. They like to force things more because there's always time pressure on on stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah. But if we take if we take change back to ourselves, because I do think that it really starts with the individual. We can have you know in a corporate we have an articulated purpose or vision for why you would even join a corporate or an organization. And then from that, you have goals and you have objectives. And then you start as a, as a team or as a group, you start move towards that set out uh, mm. goal. But if you take that back to each and every one of us and think about change or stuckness, you know, you can start with a, I think, a very simple question. Are you at the moment stuck or are you at the moment in the middle of huge change? So if you think about that and I think why it came to me this morning is probably because I'm asking myself unconsciously that question is in me. So if I am a bit stuck, what is it that I want to be unstuck from? And what is it that prevents me from doing it? And I think part of it is, <clears throat> as I was um, reflecting a bit this morning, I was up very early, so I enjoyed the early morning hours <laughs> reflecting on this. Um, part of it is that it's quite often comfortable to be a little bit stuck and it's a little bit uncomfortable to get that process of unstuckness or change moving and there's a resistance to being uncomfortable yeah i was um i was about to say that really it's uh it's exactly that we talked about fear a few few months ago and i think change or an impending change of uncertainty with the future is is uh is a bit scary really uh and i should know i mean i mean uh i can give you lots of examples of where i'm definitely not stuck uh right now it's the opposite really everything is changing around me pretty much everything is changing or a lot of, of my life is changing and and that is uh, uh exciting and really really fun and at the same time also quite quite well a little bit scary so so it's um yeah, I, I understand that people want to stay where they are or get, if you say stuck, that sounds a bit negative. But if you just, oh, you know, let's keep everything the same because nothing has to move from here because everything is okay here, right? Then it's positive. Well, yeah, why would you want to want to change that? Let's, let's keep it this way. And there's a risk in there, I think, that it becomes stuck and you subconsciously you are starting to like something really that is not optimal. I uh, went to a birthday party some weeks ago, and I remember one of the speeches. So the wife was having a speech for her husband, and, and she said something. It was a very, very nice speech, very well written and heartfelt. But she said, you know, I only have one wish, and, and that is that things continue exactly as they are now because life is so good. And if there's one thing we know, it is that it won't. No. So that is that is that's not going to happen. So to cling on to to the now is not going to be helpful. At the same time, 
can we enjoy that so we can feel that gratitude knowing that it will pass which is also of course the same when something is not going so well that will also pass so nothing yeah. nothing is staying so and and then another thing that came to me was you know when we talk to other people about change or the change process of being stuck i think it's important to remember that people always talk from from themselves i mean what else would you do so there is always a risk that we talk to somebody else who's stuck so we get some advice or questions that are not necessarily that helpful to us where we are in our thinking or where perhaps something in us are is emerging but if we keep on talking to people in the same same um the from the same platform or paradigm whatever word you want to use that might actually prevent us from unstuck. I heard a client of mine, um, his wife said to him, I want to move. And he said, where to? He said, it doesn't matter. I want to move away from where, where we are here. I want to move. So regardless of where we move to, as long as it is away from where we are, I thought that was quite, uh, quite interesting. And I think more people could probably say that, you know, because we maybe we wait a little bit too long before we say we want to move. Oh, very interesting. So move, move in itself is a goal, not necessarily where to. Yeah. The action of moving. Yeah. Because you think, right, when you hear somebody say, you say oh, she, she must be really unhappy. If you want to move from where you are, you must be really unhappy. No, think about it differently. I'm really happy and I want to move. Mm. Yeah. But you see, this is what, back to the corporate world, this is what people say who get a really nice offer from another organization or employer about a new job. And they decide to move to that job, not because they want to leave where they are, but because they are attracted to what might be in the new place. So it's moving to rather than moving from. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you know, sometimes change is prompted by the fact that you are unhappy. So that is what triggers your movement, is that it's, it becomes unsustainable where you are. And, and I think that's also something to look into and think about, you know, why are we working with what we are working with you know supporting people coaching people in getting to know themselves better so that whatever it is that they want to do comes from an inner core rather from loss of expectations or um, perhaps perceived expectations from others people or society or uh, organizations if it's your job you know what is what is the truth? What is your authentic core telling you? And how do you find out? And I think that's what we've been talking so much about in, in all of these podcasts. How can you access that? How can you develop yourself and give yourself that space so that you become free in what it is that you actually really want? So this is about purpose in a way, but perhaps it comes in, comes in different layers, di different depths. Mm -hmm. Do you want to say more about your change then? You know, how are you approaching those pretty big life changes? And you, I don't know what you want to go into, but. Well, I, I, I tried to, well, first of all, this was coming for uh, years. I had, uh, I had um, 
pinpointed September 2022 as the, the month that everything was going to change. And that's primarily related to what happened to uh, our family this weekend, last weekend. So a few days ago when we, uh, we took our youngest to university. So it's what's often called the empty nest, uh, right? So it, it, that comes with huge changes. All of a sudden there's this space and freedom and so I, I I've been working to this for towards this for years actually in my reflections in my journaling in my thinking about it and I I did something that I went from the best place I have ever lived really right my my happiest uh, uh, living space um, a month or so before this weekend so uh, at the end of August I moved from this beautiful beautiful flat that I lived in London to the smallest place I've ever lived in my life. It's basically, I live in a smaller space than my children. Well, no, it's almost the same. I live in a, in, a, in almost student housing now. So you'd think, oh my God, why would he do that? This is great. Well, because I like to, you know, change from where I'm happy and, and experiment. And I think there's a key word here that's experiment. So I don't know whether I will do this for very long. I'm probably not going to do this for very long, right? Maybe I'll live here for six months or so. And it's just, it sounds really bad, but it is fantastic. It's the most wonderful place. It's so nice to live in a small space, to have everything that you need around you and and not have um, all the stuff that you don't need around you, right? So that's in storage. So that's super nice. And, uh, and I enjoy it a lot, a lot more than I actually had expected um i also live in the house with my best friend so we have lots of chats together and we don't have to uh we don't have to um you know sometimes you have a conversation for two hours and then it's finished and then the next time you see each other it's three months later it's not like that at all so we have lots of time together so that's quite fun so i think i'm uh yeah i'm, I'm doing things to experiment and trying things out and it it comes from from quite deep thinking, deep work around it. Um, yesterday was my birthday, uh, and I spent most of it on the train because I love, like, as you know, long train journeys. And then I had dinner with my family, and and now I just woke up in the in the in the Grand Dam of Amsterdam hotels, and it's just a super nice birthday, but quite unusual, I would say. You know, what do you do on your birthday normally? party especially some milestone birthday right so it's a bit different and then this week i'm staying in a <laughs> camper van uh, uh instead of a hotel in amsterdam um on a campsite i mean i the last time i was on campsite was when i was a child probably it's like you know so these type of things well maybe it's not as long ago but it's a very long time ago these type of things do i feel completely comfortable staying in a camper van in the pouring rain in my hometown where I could stay in different places that would be much more comfortable. No, but it's certainly a quite interesting experiment and, um, let's see how, how it goes. Right. And you're never going to find out whether you like to do different things if you don't try them out, I think. So, so that's sort of some examples. I think, um, if I would choose the easy way, then I would just, you know, rent a, an Airbnb or stay in a, a medium to average good hotel. Uh, and now I do something quite different. And I quite like the contrast staying in sort of what's considered the, the best hotel of Amsterdam 
last night and then staying in a camper van the rest of the week. And I think with that contrast, there's also something really interesting that we maybe shake things up and we can learn from, which I've always enjoyed doing that. So it's just, yeah, some examples, perhaps. What I heard you say here was that you had a very clear intention that came from uh, deep reflection and writing and wanting to experiment. You you set that intention a long time ago, so you, you almost prepared yourself for this change without knowing what it would entail. So, mm. you know, your daughter leaving home, you letting go of your beautiful home to move to something else, and then setting up all these different experiments just to see how you would react and what would happen, basically, to almost stage some of these uh, contrasts that you mm. you talk about, just to see how you would react. Is that right? So yeah, why, yeah. And, why? And, and, why are you doing this? Yeah, exactly. Because I am, you know, there's this um, this idea of life phases that uh, that life you can sort of look at um life in sort of phases of six or seven years five six seven years um and and i know that i'm at the start of a new phase or epoch you might call it um so i'm at the start of a new epoch and another six to seven year phase in my life and um that comes with huge sort of change generally um and there's something about the unknown in the next six, seven years. So I'm I'm exploring what that what that might be like. I've got some thoughts around it and some reflections and some perhaps some intentions already. But um I got sort of like throwing things up in the air and see where it might land. And um and so to work with that really making things unstuck a little bit to see where it might um land. Uh, so that that's sort of part of it, I think. Mm. And then I and and doing this before I get stuck, right? Because I think I think it's much more easy for me to make changes from a place where I'm happy and and don't feel stuck at all. I didn't feel stuck at all in my old flat or you know in the way I normally travel to Amsterdam or whatever. You can use any example, um, but I. I feel like I am playing with the becoming unstuck before it becomes too uncomfortable. So move or change from a happy place rather than wait until it becomes an unhappy place. And there is something here about, so there's the assumption that if you stay too long, it becomes stuckness, I think. And I don't want to wait too long for it to become so stuck that it becomes really hard to make it unstuck. So um, what I'm hearing now is that, you know, you you have the change before you become stuck. I think I think for, for many of us, perhaps we don't use the being stuck, but we use lots of explanations for not changing. So it might be the mortgage. It might be the children in their school. So it prevents you from changing your place of living, for example. Or it might be... You know, I've been with this employer for so long. If I let go now, I'm losing my safety with, you know, not, not having, I know what I had, I have, I don't know what I, I can get. Mm. So I think there, there are lots of stuckness inherited in us somehow 
So the resistance to change comes from, I suppose, primarily the fact that we are wired not to want change because change is related to risk as well, and we are risk averse. Mm. On the other so, hand, we develop as people, so we always change. So I don't know how that goes together. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that, you know, sometimes we have really good reasons, really, really good reasons not to change big things, right? So, and that's why life phases is a nice way of looking at it. So the the moment your last child goes to university, your youngest child goes to university, and the nest is empty is a typical place where, you know, it's an old change point, right? That's why I look at September 20. And that's why I waited for a little bit to make all these changes, because this was the month that things were going to change. You could say when you're when your kids go to secondary school or or you know, there there was always going to be some kind of point. Or, you know, you've been at a company and there is a, a big change happening, and maybe this is the time to move to a to a different employer or you, know, you, you look at life not as a let's try to keep it um, the way it is because it's good this way to where is the next opportunity to make a change. So maybe it's not this year or maybe it's not this month or maybe it's not today, but when is it done? Right? Don't get stuck in the everything this is, is also good. A, very, a very positive outlook. I think, I think you're talking from a stoic point of view here as well to look at the opportunity that comes with change rather than the resistance to the change and what you're losing. You're looking at what are you gaining from making a change, which is a really yeah. nice way of, I think, approaching life in general. But think about you know children growing up and when they're grown up, that's, that's a time when a couple chooses to divorce. So they wait until the children have grown up and then they divorce, mm. which I think is more common than divorcing through when, when children are very young. So, and maybe that is how you look at change. So you say, oh, all is good until it's not good anymore. And then you try something, try something new. But th the idea of, you know, letting go of something and grieving it or regretting it or holding onto it versus embracing what's coming instead, allowing perhaps a grieving process, because I think that's part of life as well, but, but then embrace what's coming to us instead, knowing that it's good to feel uncomfortable rather than thinking, it's bad. So it's almost like when you go to the gym, and you, I think we talked about this before, and after you had a gym session, you might feel aching muscles. And one or two days after that, it's even worse. But to learn to like that sensation rather than resist that sensation, I would almost put change in the same, um, mm. in the same box. You know, Learn to enjoy uncomfortable, knowing that it will lead somewhere. You don't know where. It's leading somewhere. Something is happening. And that is, that's positive. Yeah. And to go back to what your friend said at her birthday, don't fall in the trap of wanting to keep everything the same. Uh, because it's just, yeah, it's unrealistic. Uh, it's, it's by definition impossible. Nothing will stay, stay the same, as you said, right? It's the, the principle of impermanence. Literally nothing will stay the same. Everything will change all the time. Do you want to be ahead of it and um, work with it, or do you want to be surprised by it and and you know and 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 really you know uh, be so stuck that the unstuckness comes with huge suffering, which happens right to a lot of people. So I think there's something here about being aware of that, and and this requires us to 
go into ourselves. This is not something that you find out by by you know going on social media or or um, getting drunk in the pub. No, it, it requires some solitude. It requires some, some reflection. It requires some journaling, and it requires some deep work and working with emotions and all the stuff that we, that you and I have been talking about in this podcast over the years. So it's not easy what I'm saying here. I think um, what we are saying here, but it's it's uh, I think it's really important that we can that we can start to play with this and maybe even start small, right, with a small change or try something that is slightly uncomfortable or try it, just go go a different holiday, do something different when you go on holiday, go to a different restaurant when you go out for dinner on a Friday night, whatever you know, make make some change. Even and especially if it feels a little bit uncomfortable, why would I change the restaurant? I know the chef; we get a discount, and they always look after us. Well, maybe the restaurant next to it is actually better, but you've never tried it. Another thing I did this morning um, was I opened one of my cupboards where I keep books that I gift, that I give give away to friends or clients, and and I took them out just to see if I needed to order a few more. And then I started thinking about Christmas. I like Christmas, and it's coming up in a few months' time, <laughs> as you know. And I was thinking, you know, who should I gift with which book, and. And then I thought, okay, so this is another thing, reading a book, being inspired by, you know, wise authors from long time ago with stories or perhaps something you wouldn't necessarily read that's not part of your normal reading. Maybe you don't have time to read uh, books anymore. or you, It's a feeling that you don't have time to read books anymore. There's so much that we can get from reading and reading a real proper book rather than just articles or surf the internet. So a couple of the books I know that you and I have talked about in the past is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, which is a beautiful, beautiful story. Very sad, but told in such a rational way, in a way. And another one is The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. And both of these books target some deep truths. They they come from very different angles, right? So... um, I'm not going to say much about it. This is not a book review podcast, but I just these two books came to me because I gifted them so many times. And maybe because I read them at a point in time when I really needed them, uh, which is always a thing with a book. It's a, There's a timing. There's a right time for a book, I believe. So you can buy a book and you can wait for years until you actually pick it up. But these two books, I think, have helped many people, not just us, but many people. So there must be something in them. So what will make stuckness move? I think you the answer is change. Yeah, well, change is, yeah. And I, I guess that's the title for this podcast episode. But what makes change happen? Well, reflection, experimenting. Reading, journey, writing. Reading, writing, journaling, exactly. Um, but in but solitude, right, is probably, you know, spending some time by yourself, internal time rather than external time. Um, away from whatever distracts you, I think that's pretty important. And um, what you were saying, intentional experimenting, yeah, which might include other people. And is that easy? No. And do I find it easy? No, I don't. I find, you know, and did I grieve about things that are happening in my life? Yes, absolutely. I am grieving about things that are happening in my life. I feel negative emotion. I feel melancholy, right, around the past 
being the past and, and not the future, right? I thought about my kids when they were young and, you know, now they, one of them is massively taller than me and the other one is just gone to university. And uh, so, yes, I, I look back at when they were, you know, small uh, and look at photos and, oh, my God, you know, that's, that's gone. That's never going to be again. Uh, the same that I will never be in the, the flat that I love living. Right, so I moved out of there at the end of August, and I will never be a crow there again. Although I still have the key, so I should probably give them back. Um, so yeah, you know, I grieve, I uh, melancholy, and I, I, I play with those emotions. I work with those emotions, um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's going to happen. This is going to happen. Children do grow up, and you do move, right? But I feel like I'm a little bit better prepared, maybe than most, because of all the solitude work I do, whether it's journaling or reading or writing or whatever, and experimenting with things that are slightly uncomfortable because they're not that big, rather than waiting until all of a sudden change is, is forced upon you uh, and it becomes very, you know, it becomes huge suffering really because we we hadn't prepared for it and we, we didn't really experiment with what it's like to do to make small changes in our life. So that would probably be my main tip for today. It's like experiment with some small changes and feel and write a little bit about it. That's all.